This is a shear on the Kutisichais. This is a shear on the Kutisichais. Chaylek Chavdalid. The Sicha of Parshas Nitzavim, the first Sicha. Okay, let's jump into it. In the beginning of the Seder, the Torah tells us about the Knesset's bris, about the making of the covenant of Hashem with the Jewish people. The words used in the Pesach is, to pass you through the covenant of Hashem. <clears throat> in order to establish you as a nation. So Rashi uh, opens up on the words, to make you for a nation. And he says, as follows, so much he is taking pains or he's bothering he's making effort in order to establish you before him as a people actually not established but to maintain you before him as a people so we have to understand what did Rashi what was Rashi Mechadish what did Rashi innovate in the interpretation here of the words, Laman Hokim, I mean, the, the Pusik says, he's making a bris, he's making a covenant in order to establish you free people. What does Rashi say? He's taking such efforts to establish you as a people. I mean, what did Rashi add? So some of Farshim learned that Rashi came to answer a particular question that's difficult. What's the question? What's the reason for this covenant? It's not in order to establish them as a people, but it's in order that they should literally I'll translate it they should be fearful of the covenant they should be fulfill the Torah in other words this is a, a covenant that's being created by Hashem for the fulfillment of the mitzvahs to get them to keep the mitzvahs so why is Rashi saying that it's in order to um this is in order to make them. Sorry, so Rashi. In other words, so Rashi is coming to answer the following question. It seems that this bris, if you read the pasuk, it seems that this covenant is about getting them to keep the mitzvahs. So why does the pasuk say that this covenant is to make them for a people? So Rashi answers that why is Hashem nichnas litroyach? Why is he making such effort? Litrech literally means to bother himself, to make such effort to make this covenant with the Eden. It's because, as the Pasuk continues, the Sukkim say, because he, sp- he spoke to you and he promised your forefathers that he won't change their descendants with any other nation. As Rashi explains in the Rashi immediately after this, that he's made himself a commitment. He can't change his mind. So Hashem says, look, I'm, I'm married to you unconditionally, so I'm going to make with you a covenant to make sure that you keep your part of the bargain and don't violate any of the instructions of Torah Mitzvahs. And this way I won't have to defer or renege in some way um, or do something opposite to the promise that I promised your forefathers. In other words... What these Mepharshim are saying is that Rashi is telling us that Laman when it says in order to establish you as a people, it's not going on Hashem is making a covenant and the reason is to make you as a people. No. The, the, in order to make you as a people is going to explain why Hashem is going to such bother now to 
redo something to solidify the fact that the Jewish people will stay beholden and, 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 and adhering to the Teda Mitzvahs. That, explaining it that way is not so understandable because um, these words that are said to maintain you as a people and he should be for you as a God and the fact that they have to keep mitzvahs, those are two things hinged one on the other. As Mepharshim himself point out here, that if God forbid Jews will violate Torah mitzvahs, so then Hashem will have to distance them, actually going in opposition to the promise that he made that he can't ever separate from them. So why does the Pasuk have to say a chidush, say something novel here that uh, that um, why does Rashi have to say here, if that's the way we learn Rashi, that the reason that this Pasuk is telling us, the reason Hashem is making such effort is in order what? To get them to keep mitzvahs. Why don't you just learn that that's the reason for the covenant? Right? So that, that, that seems like a difficult interpretation in Rashi that Rashi is coming to tell us that Rashi must be telling us something else paragraph 2 another thing is not smooth according to this interpretation of why Rashi gives his pirush according to what we said in this Rashi it comes out that Rashi's addition here is not Explaining what does it mean to make you for a people? It's just explaining the lemaan in order to, in other words, he's making a Hashem is about to make a covenant. And the pastor continues in order to make you as a people. These commentaries tell us that Rashi is explaining in order. What's the reason that Hashem is taking such bother? And that's why Rashi says he's he's, he's being teireach. He's taking making such effort in order to make sure that you that you stay, uh, you know, committed to. So the Pirush, the commentary of Rashi is really only about one word, Laman, in so that. And Rashi has given us a different shot in so that. That's not why he's making a covenant. That's why he's taking such effort in the covenant. The Rebbe already asked, but the covenant is what keeps them, is what is their commitment to the Mitzvah. So putting in an extra layer here doesn't seem to be necessary. And also, the Rebbe asked, if he's just explaining the word Laman, so why does Rashi bring in his in his um, in heading the words Laman not just Laman? He brings the whole the whole part of the pasuk in order to make you for a people. It seems like he's explaining something about this establishment of the Jewish people as a people through the covenant. What is that? More than that, Rashi actually changes from the Lashon of the Pasuk. The language of the Pasuk is Hakim, to establish you as a people, to set you up as a people. Rashi uses the word Kayam, to maintain. Two, the Pasuk says, Loi Laam, to be for him for a people. Rashi changes says, Lafon of Laam, before him as a people. Rashi also doesn't say, Laman Hakim Eischa Hayyim Loi Laam. Rashi says, Lekayim Eischa Lafon of Laam, without the word Hayyim. So if Rashi is just paraphrasing the Pasuk, but he makes changes in that language from this, it's imperative to say that the Chiddush of Rashi is not in the words Kol Why is he bothering so much to make the Chrisasp, to make the covenant? No, the, 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 
the new the the novelty here of Rashi is what Rashi is adding here is the reframing, the rearticulating of this verse in order to establish you as a people. And he doesn't mean to just quote verbatim the pasuk because he would have quoted it in exactness. He's coming to explain what does the pasuk mean. Ah, and now that he's going to tell us something. Um, that you'll see the brilliance of it. Gimel, paragraph 3, the explanation. Rashi is bothered by a simple question. And as the Rebbe points out in the order 13, um, later on the Rebbe in one of the footnotes will point out that all the Mepharshim were bothered by this question. How can we say that this covenant now, just before Meshavinu passes away, the day of Mesha's passing, is to establish them as a people before Hashem? We know that long time ago, when the Torah was given, the people were established as a nation for Hashem. There are many Pesukim that tell us that. And that's why when the Pesuk says in um, earlier, Parshas Kitove, that Moshe says, Hayyim Islam, today, this day, you have become a people before Hashem. Rashi says, eh? it means you should look at today as if you became a people. Every day, you should look as if you entered the covenant that day. Because it wasn't that day. It's way back at, at Sinai, 40 years earlier. Similarly, on the Pasuk, it says, Today Hashem has commanded you. Rashi says, that teaches us that we have to treat every day as if today you were commanded. So for this we understand that when it says in Parshish Kitove, Hashem has, you have singled out Hashem today to be your God, and Hashem has singled you out today to be a treasured nation. This is really just going back to Sinai. And it's as if it's today. So, but here, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, Hashem is making a new covenant to make you a people, but you're already a people. So that's why Rashi says, it's not to establish you as a people, which would be hakim, but the Pesachim means kayam, to maintain you as a people. Ah, maintenance in a way that requires some additional input from Hashem. You see, the covenant of Matan Torah created the reality that the people became a people. The people connected with Hashem. But it didn't take away the possibility that later on through a behavior that Eden will behave in a, that way, either in this generation, in that generation, in the desert, or in later generations, if they behave inappropriately, it doesn't mitigate and take away that they can't lose that. It was established, but it was more like Established, if you keep my mitzvahs, then you're going to be my people. This covenant here, before they go into Eretz Yisrael, is to maintain you as a people. It gave a maintenance, it gave a, 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 a permanence, an endurance to the covenant that Hashem had made with the Bnei Yisrael already, but this gave it a eternity. According to this, we'll understand why Dafkin, this covenant is being made not with just with those that are here, but those that aren't here as well, with all the future generations. Because this is something that is forever. Here's where Hashem established a permanent bond. And in the Rebbe Har 19, points out that the, many of the Mepharshim are busy explaining what the difference about this covenant is indeed than the covenant of Sinai. The Ramban, Bechaye, Abarben, Al-Alshech, and so on. Paragraph 4. So the Ben Chavish, the maker of the five-year-old, will ask, since the first covenant could have 
could have been changed in some way. In other words, B'nai Saul didn't behave appropriately. So why is this second covenant going to be any stronger? How is it different and stronger? Why can't this also one day have holes in it, God forbid? So Rashi first introduces and says, Kol You see that Hashem is taking such great effort. Ah, by here there's an additional effort that we find in this covenant. He injected himself specifically into making this covenant. As the verse says, is to pass you through the covenant. What does Rashi say? What do we mean pass through? Why when you make a covenant you pass through? Because also Hashem, so to speak, went through the two mechitzas. There's a mechitza mekan, When we make a covenant, we take one unity, one united item, cut it into two, and both parties to the agreement, the unity agreement, walk between the two pieces. And just like these two halves are really part of one whole, Similarly, the two people, the two entities that are going through this divided one entity are committing to always be like together as one. That's, an, that's not just a covenant that Hashem, so to speak, says verbally or whatever that means for Hashem making a, a, an oath. But He upped it a level and in a, in a way that, so to speak, denotes um, effort went through this covenant. And that's why this also had an immutable, irrevocable effect on the Eden. And there can't be any change from their side. And the uftu, and the, the achievement that is made for the Eden through this covenant, Rashi emphasizes with the fact that he changes from the language of the Pesach, which says, la'am, to be for him as a nation. And he says, la'am, to be before him as a people. What's the difference between for him as a people or before him as a people? For him as a people means that the people belong to Hashem. It's his people. Before him as a people means that not just are the people his, but technically he can distance them, but they're always before him. They're always close to him. They're always together with him. As it says in the beginning of the Pasha, you're standing here before Hashem, all together before Hashem. And that's why when there's such a commitment, when there's such a form of covenant, there can't be any differences. There can't be any diminishment in that covenant. When it's just Leila Hashem has established you for him as a people, it could be there'll be his people, but there'll be a little bit of an unfavorable people. They'll be distanced from him in some way. And it could be that they won't feel that they've been chosen by Hashem in a direct way. There can be some various changes, even if it's not total uh, estrangement, but distance. However, once Hashem says that He's going to such effort to maintain that the Yidin should be always before Him, in other words, close to Him, so that already guarantees that whatever happens, there won't be any diminishment or weakness in the covenant. This itself is fantastic to be reading about before Rosh Hashanah, that the enduringness of our intense closeness to Hashem is there forever, no matter what we do. Paragraph 5. In the Pirish Rashi, we see really what sticks out, how Rashi in his interpretation, in his commentary on the Torah, first of all, comes to explain only the simple reading. Every explains how every word is critical to understanding the simple commentary of the Torah. But in the same words that he uses to explain simple pshat, there, he also alludes to things of the wine of Torah, the deeper aspect of Torah. Because here in Rashi, according to the Pshat, he said that um, 
this covenant makes the people before him as a, as a nation, it actually, although it explains the simple reading of the Pasuk, it also fits very well into the deep mystical things that the Rebbe tells us in the word here, Am. Al-Tarebbe says usually Am can, can mean like semi-glowing coals, like things that are a little bit and not fully ignited, which in the context of a social relationship is things that are a little bit um, separate and estranged, distant from the king. Usually when we talk about the people, the nation of the king, the Am, as opposed, you know, in contrast to the king, Am can also be those that are distant, those that are not fully aflame, just like coals that are, that are you know, flickering. Here the Alter Rebbe says, when the Pesach talks about the the, um, the, the covenant to make you for an am, the Rebbe says, oh, this is exact opposite. Imoy, am for the expression of with him. These are people that are like him and that are connected, attributed to him. So the Alter Rebbe says that this Pesach, in order to make you a, for a people, is that Hashem picks up the Yidin, ad bechines machshav al to the highest level of his supernal thought, which is, thought is the most unified thing with a person. So, we see that what Rashi is saying here, that the word Am here, to maintain you as a people before him, Rashi picked up this passage, we're talking about the highest levels, the al coming from the Kabbalah aspect, also sees it as the highest levels. So, in the Rashi, there's also the deepest levels. Paragraph 6. There's something else here in the deeper aspect of Torah, which we can find in Rashi. So basically, till here we've explained Pshat and the Rashi, the way Rashi is explaining the Pasuk, taking away the obvious question on what's the additional covenant here. Beautiful. Now we're going to go into a, into a stroll through some topics about Rosh Hashanah with uh, comments from the Rebbe's father and, um, and the deep concepts of Chassidus from the Rebbe, as the Rebbe will explain to us. On the Pasuk, of, on, on the words, Atem Nitzavayim, you are standing here today, the Alter Rebbe says, Hayyim, the day goes on Rosh Hashanah. And he explains that, although his, although I'm going to say this parenthetically, although historically this took place on the 7th of Adar, the day of Mesh's passing, but when this, this concept of the affirming of the covenant on the day is something that takes place on an annual level on Rosh Hashanah. He says that every day Rosh Hashanah is the day where there's the covenant, renewal of the covenant between Hashem and the and Hashem, Yidna and Hashem. In this way, he also explains the psukim that say, speak about today Hashem is commanding you, and today you are singling out Hashem, and today Hashem is singling out you, the ones we said in Parshas Kitavai. Today Hashem is singling you to be a treasured nation. This also goes on the special covenant that's reinstated every year on Rosh Hashanah. According to what he explained before, that these two psukim are two aspects of the covenant there's there's to establish them as a people, and there's Laman Hokim, there's to maintain to maintain them before him as a people. One is to establish the nationhood that Hashem has created a special nation for himself. The other is to maintain it and put them, catapult them to the highest level and for always. Comes out that in Hashanah, both these things are taking place. There's two levels of covenant. Understand this first. We're going to introduce as the Rebbe from the notes of my father, Rav Hagon Rav Amakubel, Rav Levi Yitzchak. And what the Rebbe's father explains 
Then also the Pasuk that says, Today you have become a people, which says in Parshish Kitovi, it also goes on Rosh Hashanah. And the Rebbe's father writes as follows, V'day you should know, this Pasuk that says, Today you have become a people, we can explain that it's going on Rosh Hashanah. Zehu hayayim hazeh. This is what it means by this is the day. Shekol hayayim de Rosh It's going Rosh Hashanah, which is called zeh. Why is it called zeh? As it says, we know there's a pasuk that calls the day of Rosh Hashanah. This is the day. We say it in the davening. Zeh hayayim techilas masecha. This is the day of the beginning of your action, Hashem. And this is higher than the twenty-fifth of Elul, in which the world was generally created. So world is beginning to be created on 25th of Elul. Sixth day of creation, which is first of Tishrei, day of Rosh Hashanah, is the day of creation of man. And that is when you have become a people. And it says, Hashem maintains you to be before him as a people, which that's going on Rosh Hashanah. And look in Lekut HaTorah, because Nitzavim is going on Rosh Hashanah. We said it, Nitzavim Hayyim, goes on Rosh Hashanah. So one second, basically says Asterah, but we have to understand, the two psukim that are being correlated, one is Nihiyei Salam, you have become a people, and one is you are being maintained as a people, we can understand the inter- intercorrelation between them, because here there's just, the Rebbe's father just bringing a general proof to the general concept, that when we say today you have become a people, is connected to Rosh Hashanah, so he brings it from Nitzavim, where it says today you are being maintained as a people, and the Hayyim is going on Rosh Hashanah. But what we do have to understand is that the, the, the proof from Hayyim Azeh, that Hayyim Azeh goes on Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah is called Zeh. So one second, the fact that Hayyim refers to Rosh Hashanah is nothing to do with Zeh. The Alter Rebbe said Hayyim is Rosh Hashanah because the day is Rosh Hashanah. So, and everywhere where it says Hayyim, the day, it's going to be the special day, which is Rosh Hashanah. Um, and the Ramaz one of the commentaries of the Zoyar says, why is it called Hayyim the day? Because it's the sixth day where Adam Rishon is created, the well-known day, the, the day where man was created. But, says the Rebbe, my father says, that Hayyim Azen Yesel Am, this Pasuk, that today you have become a people, also goes to Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because it's called Zeh, not because of the word Hayyim. Why is he attributing the Hayyim Azeh to Rosh Hashanah? Because of the Zeh, not because of the Yayim. And the question is even bigger, in this note itself of the Rebbe's father, he brings right away the Pasuk that is said about Nitzavim, in order to maintain you as a people, the Pasuk that our whole Sikh is talking about, which is going on Rosh Hashanah. But there it doesn't say Hayyim Azeh. And even in the, the word Atem Nitzavim Hayyim, which tells us Rosh Hashanah, doesn't say Azeh. So the Rebbe's father is taking a Pasuk which says Hayyim Azeh, to this day you become a people. The Zeh makes it Rosh Hashanah attributes it to another Pasuk, connects it to another Pasuk, where the connection to Rosh Hashanah is not the Zeh, but is the Hayyim. So the Rebbe says, we have to understand, in Rosh Hashanah there's two levels. There's one level that's Zeh, and when the Pasuk says, today you have become a people, Hayyim Azeh, that's got to do with, the, that's one level of Rosh Hashanah, the Hayyim Azeh, the, the, the this day, which connects to the Zeh Hayyim, this is the day of beginning of creation. There's the Zeh aspect of Rosh Hashanah, and there's a second level of Rosh Hashanah, where Hayyim means Rosh Hashanah. As in the Pasuk, Atem Nitzav Mayim, you are standing here today, in order to maintain you today as a people. What does that mean? Let's explain. Paragraph 7. Even though that also Hayyim, when it says this, the day, means Rosh Hashanah, the well-known day, that that is not at the level of holiness or of, of level where we say Hayyim as at this day. 
When you say this day, it's not just it's the known day, conceptually, but it's something that we can actually show. When you say that this, you can point with the finger and say this is the day. In other words, there's a clarity associated with what we know about this day. And this also explains the differences between Rashi, where it says Hayyem Hazeh. Let's first go to where it doesn't say Hayyem Hazeh, it just says Hayyem. In the Pasuk Vaischan it says, you have to listen to the mitzvahs, we say it in Shema. These words, which I command you today, which shall be on your heart. What does it mean, I command you today? It's Moshe Rabbeinu speaking 40 years after Sinai. Rashi says, you, sh- me, you should treat them not like an old document, but like they're new. Pay attention to the like, the chaf. Later on there's a Pasuk in Pasuk where it doesn't say, just the day, but it says, this day Hashem is commanding you. You know what Rashi says? It's not just this day, Hashem told you 40 years ago. It says, every day it should be for you, chadashim, new, not like new, not with a chaf, new. Similarly, in the Pasuk in Yisrael, where it says, on this day they came to Midbar Sinai, says Rashi, every day it should be like new. In other words, where there's a zeh, the word zeh brings, injects a clarity, which means today you have to learn the Torah, it should be new for you where it's just Hayyim, without the Zeh, without the clarity, we say it should be like new today. We can explain the difference why Rashi sometimes says Kechadashim and Achadashim, based on what we just explained. In the portion of Yisrael, it only says, it says Hayyim Hazeh. That should be new. It's like a clarity that you can mamish feel like it's new. It is new to you. Where it says in Parshav Eschanan, Hayyim, it doesn't say Hazeh, without, without the clarity of Hazeh. So that means it's like new. It's a bit more of an obscuring of it. It's a bit, it's a bit more, it's a bit more blurred, without the clarity of new, like new. The Zen, in other words, talks about a, a very special clarity. One second. So let's talk about the two levels of Rosh Hashanah now. Paragraph eight. We have first of all the fact that Rosh Hashanah is called Zehayim Tchavzach. This is the day, the beginning of your, of your work, and the continuation of that pasuk is a second aspect. Zikaron Yamrishin. It's a throwback. It's a remembrance of the first day. What's the first day? 25th of Elul, when the, when the first day of creation is. These are two levels. This is the day of creation goes on the sixth day of creation. The day of creation of man. Because on the day of creation of man, that's when the world received its clarity. It's Zeh. Elikus was able to be godliness, was able to be in a revealed way down below. Because to reveal godliness in a way of clarity, that's only by a person. It's only by the neshama of man. It's a remembrance of the first day, that going on the 25th of Elul, the first day of creation. By the way, you know the word chafhei also spells koi. What is the word koi? Koi means so. So yes, the, the main novelty of creation, the ex nihilo, the creating something where nothing happened on the 25th of Elul. But that was in a way of koi, kechadosha, as if new. In other words, a certain obscurity, approximate visibility of Hashem. Not zero visibly, Hashem obviously created, we know Hashem created something for nothing, but the clarity of Hashem's presence is not yet there. We see already a, a, some kind of an, an apparition, we see some kind of a form, but in the world it wasn't yet clear, that it could be pointed out in a clear way that this is godly power. Hashem created the world in a way that His presence should be obscured covers the creation of man and uncovers that obscurity. However, now, when we have already Rosh Hashanah, when we come to the talk about the first day, creation of, of the universe, 
we, we talk about it only on Rosh Hashanah. Because, in other words, why don't we make a big shebang? Yes, okay, some people do talk about the 25th of Elul and the fact that it's, you know, it's the day of creation, but the truth of the matter is we remember even the 25th, the beginning of creation of the world, mainly on Rosh Hashanah. You know why? Because in the first year, Hashem self-initiated creation, but after that, subsequently, He's waiting on Rosh Hashanah for man to re-inspire Him to keep creating the world. And so Rosh Hashanah reinvigorates the 25th of El, the day of creation, with purpose. So we only talk about it on the day of that reinvigoration. Um, just a snippet that I saw in a mimer that the Rebbe quotes. Um, how does that, that... On this Rosh Hashanah, everything's injected for the coming year, including the energy for the 25th of Elul at the end of the year to have the creation begin, but it gets full stamp of approval, gets fully invigorated only on Rosh Hashanah a few days later. Paragraph 9. The fact that Rosh Hashanah also has this concept that that's when the world becomes reinvigorated. It's not just a secondary thing that takes place on Rosh Hashanah. Really, it's about creation of man, and the world also gets its stamp of approval. No. The f- because Rosh Hashanah is the day that this is the day of the beginning of your work when man is created, and man, Adam, is able to bring this level of revelation to the world, that's why the world then becomes re-inspired, reinvigorated, and confirmed. Because as the Moshal is brought as follows in the Siddur, Fort Kiyos, and uh, the Altar Siddur, he brings the following Moshal. A person who's creating some kind of uh, product because of a desire and a pleasure he has in it. So what happens if he becomes sick? Uh, not sick, sorry. If he becomes weary, worn down from the work. He has to reinvigorate by reimagining and thinking once more about the pleasure he's going to derive from the finished product. Once he gets a pleasure again, he reawakens his desire and pleasure in the, the sum total of what he's doing, automatically all of his activity becomes invigorated with a, an additional strength. And he's not going to do it in a weak, uninterested way. So Rosh Hashanah, what's happening is that Hashem's waiting for us to coronate him. And thus we're drawing down Hashem's interest and pleasure in the coronation and in creation. And that's drawing down from Hashpah Pnimis, an innermost flow of Hashem from above, which is Zeh, a clarity of Hashem's presence in the world. That can only be done by, by the Jew, by Adam. And through this, the world automatically also becomes reinvigorated. Because once the Eden re-inspire Hashem's pleasure in the world, then the whole apparatus becomes... Um, rejuvenated and we understand it's understood since the Chiddush since the novelty of the creation and the vitality of the world of Rosh Hashanah comes as a result not just as creation happened the first time in 25th of El just automatically because Hashem self-initiated but it comes as a result of the um, rejuvenation that Yidin bring to the, to the, to the table so it's much higher than the renewal that takes place automatically on the 25th of Elul. 
this concept of the renewal of the world, which is achieved in Rosh Hashanah, is not just that there should be a world, but that the world should have revelation of godliness in it. In other words, there's the chafei, the creation of the world, which is koi. Generally, God can be viewed, because nothing happens from nothing, but it's not zeh. We need the zeh, the clarity that man, the shamas, he didn't bring to say, this is Hashem, injects the world with that vision as well. Just like what happened in the first sixth day of creation, first Friday, Adam Arishan, all of the creation said, hey, you must be the guy in charge. Let's coronate you. He said, no, 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 no. He says, I understand God is the king and I'm going to coronate God. And I want you all to understand that. And he injected this understanding in creation. As it says, let us go all together. He calls out to creation and kneel and bow before Hashem who made all of us. In other words, he's the one who's bringing the meaning and the direction to the entirety of creation. Nonetheless, there's a great distinction between the revelation of godliness in the person and the revelation of godliness the way it is in the world. By the soul of a yid, there's the vision of the essence of godliness. Zeh. This. Which is not the case in the world. Even when godliness is illuminating, the light is not as revealed. And it only gets revealed in a way of the mus, in a way of a form. The shama has the capacity to be a, a, a full lightning rod, so to speak, a conduit, a, a revelation of God. Paragraph 10. This completeness of Rosh Hashanah, which is the creation of man, Zeh, it brings into the renewal of the world that Elikush should be, Godliness should be in a revealed way. It's not just a derech memela, in other words, a residual after effect from the main agenda of Rosh Hashanah. No, no, no. This actually is the main Indian of Rosh Hashanah. The main thing of Rosh Hashanah is to bring a level of clarity of godliness into the world. In other words, not just that the person reaches a level of clarity where he is a, a, a lightning rod for godliness and automatically or just you know, as a side product, the world gets injected with that. No, this is what Hashem wants Adam to do. To the extent, says the Rebbe here in the brackets, that the main judgment of Rosh Hashanah is about how much wherewithal man will have for his bodily needs to be able to do the physical things to be able to reveal Hashem's godliness in the world so you understand why we're coming to ask Hashem for physicality is because that's part of our mission statement we have to draw his presence into our materialism and that's the day where he meets out and allocates what we're going to get because even though that the revelation of godliness in a way of zeh, the clarity it's much higher than the revelation we can hope to reveal in the world. Nonetheless, Hashem's complete desire is that it should permeate all things, even the lowest levels of physicality, where there can't be, by definition, a, a, a full clarity of the vision of God. There can only be an approximate revelation. But Hashem wants that there too should be expressed as much as possible the clarity of Hashem. Like the Rambam tells us that when somebody is very wise, you don't just see it in his wisdom. That's obvious. You have to see how it expresses itself even in his actions and in his eating. Because how do you know when somebody's really a chacham, really a, a true wise person? 
is when his wisdom is recognizable, not just where wisdom is, not just in the world of wisdom and learning, but even in the lower aspects of his life, which have no apparent connection to his wisdom. But you see that they too are carried out in accordance and consistent with his special persona of a wise, being a wise person. Paragraph 11. According to all this, we'll go back now to what we started. We will understand the connection between the covenant to be for him as a people. And today you have been a person. Why that's connected with Hayyam Azad this day? And whereas when we talk about in order to maintain you as a people, in itself, and we spoke about just Hayyam, without Ze, without the clarity of Ze, which would be the level of Koi, approximation. So, so here, is, here goes. The two levels of Ze and Koi in the person himself are represented by two aspects of the human, which is his neshama, his soul, and his body. Or, if you want to get more particular, the essence of his neshama and the part of his neshama which enclothes itself in the body. By Matan Teira, there was the essence of the covenant between the Yid and Hashem. You have been established as a people. That's mainly from a neshama standpoint. And in the neshama, the lekus, the godliness, is, is revealed in a, in a revealed way. And it's a way of zeh, the clarity of God, shines through the neshama. And so as long as the Jews were actually in the desert and they were um, freed from involvement in the physical aspects of the earthly world, so that covenant was enough to keep their, to maintain their connection with Hashem. Once, however, they came into Eretz Yisrael, they needed to now, the last day of Moshe's life, they're needing to go into Eretz Yisrael, into a settled land, and a land where they have to actually be part of a, a mundane environment. So there, it's no longer sufficient. That covenant that they had, from an Ashama perspective, is not enough so that the Yid should be able to maintain his connection when he goes down into the physicality of mundane life in order to maintain that kind of stamina, that kind of connection to Hashem, there needed to be an additional, deeper covenant which can be felt also, not just in the neshama, but in the neshama, the way the neshama goes into its body. And through that, in the body itself, there'll be a more deeper recognition that even as a body, doing bodily things, they are before Him as a people. In other words, the zeh, the clarity of zeh, has to be brought into the place where usually there would be a more of an obscurity of a koi. The chafei alul has to connect with the zeh of the creation of man, the sixth day of creation, the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And this covenant is causes that the, the combination of these two levels, that the covenant should have an enduring, eternal existence in all situations in which the Jews will find themselves. And that's why every year when Rosh Hashanah comes, when we have the Krisas Bris, we have the covenant, again it becomes re-aroused above, and therefore Yidin Jews can be certain, because Hashem is making a covenant with them to be permanently connected to Him. And they can be certain about this even before Rosh Hashanah, that they're going to be meritorious in judgment. And besides for the spiritual things that the Neshama needs, but they'll also have everything they need on a physical way, because... That's what we're here to do, to bring the heaven down to earth. And everybody will get drawn down to them, to be sealed and written and sealed for a good year. A 
good and sweet year, both in physical things, material things, children, nachas from children, life, health, mezayni, sustenance, vichy, and all of them in, a, in an abundant way, simply speaking. And also in all their spiritual matters, physically, spiritually, together, in perfect harmony, and in a way of revealed and visible good.